First Palm Media. You are listening to Mushing on First Palm Media. Visit our website at mushing.com. Hello and welcome everybody to Mushing. And I am joined tonight by a very interesting young lady. Her name is Lacey Cool. She is calling in from Sarasota, Florida. Yep, you guessed it. A dog musher from the Gulf Coast of Florida. I'm really excited to talk <laughs> about this today. Lacey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long day. I work today, but we're, we're pushing through. <laughs> we are pushing through. It is pretty chilly up here in Alaska. We have about eight feet of snow on the ground. What is the weather like down there where you live? I was going to say it's cold, but uh, compared to what you're going through right now, it's not. Uh, it's just very rainy and it's like in the 40s. So it's just wet, cold and miserable right now. Um, but it's normal. It, it's, it was pretty nice a couple weeks ago. Sounds good. So Lacey, tell us pretty quickly who you are and what you're all about, please. So my name is Lacey Cool. I'm 17 years old and I'm a senior in high school. Um, normally I'm a race car driver, uh, but I also ended up running the junior I did her out in 2023 and yeah, that's me. I am excited to talk about this race car driving. I know we've probably talked about that a few times here on the show with Nick and Lance and Scott Jansen and a couple of others are really involved or were involved with the sport, uh, in the last yes. few years. And it seems to be sort of a summer gig for a lot of dog mushers. And I think that's pretty cool, but let's start with that. How in the world did you get into car racing and how did that end up in here in Alaska? Yeah. So I'll start off with how I started out racing. So, uh, my little brother Rocco, he passed away at the age of one from type one diabetes. And, uh, the doctor said he had the flu and long story short, he passed away, unfortunately. And uh, we went to a, a JDRF event and we met a diabetic race car driver. My dad got hooked on racing and I ended up wanting to race and I got hooked from the moment I got in a go-kart. And I've been racing for about 11 years now. I've raced in go-karts and I've been racing in legend cars since 2019, so going on five years. Um, but I ended up getting an opportunity to go to Alaska to race a legend car. Uh, my dad was in contact with, uh, Ty Torkelson with the Torque Memorial Foundation, who is a key part in all of this. This wouldn't have happened without Ty and, uh, him and my dad were messaging and my dad was talking about how beautiful the racetrack is out there in the butte. And, uh, then Ty put out just a Facebook post saying, Hey, there's this girl, Lacey in Florida. Uh, let's see what we can do to get her up here. And in a matter of. 24 hours we had a place to stay a car um and like about a week later we had plane flights so we ended up going and it was in august which is the rainy season uh, and my race ended up getting rained out and nick petit and doug Sheldon, and all of them they race legend cars and nick invited everybody out to go to the kennel and uh, meet all the dogs and go dryland dog mushing while it was raining which was so cool meeting all the dogs and at dinner later that night, he asked me if I wanted to run the junior Iditarod and be his junior musher for the 2023 junior Iditarod. And being from Florida, never seeing snow before and not being in any weather cooler than like 
30 degrees. I was like, Nick, you're crazy. I've never seen snow before. How, how are we going to do this? And we stayed in contact with Nick. And uh, it all ended up planning out. So that's how I ended up dog mushing. <laughs> so let's back up a little bit, Lacey. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with NASCAR racing and, you know, they've watched that on TV and see <laughs> what kind of cars those are and how fast they go as well. And they're familiar with the uh, Formula One cars with the open tires and all of that. Yeah. What is what is uh, what is a legend car? What type of racing is that? What does the car look like? How fast does it go? That sort of thing. So a legend car is a five eighth scale of a 1934 Ford Coupe or a Chevy Coupe. Uh, so it has like the running board and the fenders. It also has a Yamaha FZ09 motorcycle motor in it. Uh, so the top speed that I've gone, I went down a drag strip and I think I hit like 108, 110. Um, but we run them on oval asphalt, oval dirt, road course. You can really do anything with these cars. They're super diverse. And you said that it goes about 100, 108 miles an hour. Does it have all of the fancy safety features like the NASCAR cars do with the neck braces and all that? Yeah, I have a Hans device. I have the five-point harness. I have the racing bucket seat, all of that to keep me safe. But um, on most tracks, we don't hit 100. It all just depends on the size of the track, really. So what is your guys' family involvement with car racing? You talked about how you were involved with that, but are your parents involved with car racing? How did you get into that scene? So I got into that scene um, when we met that diabetic race car driver, and uh, we went to our local racetrack like six weeks in a row because my dad wanted to buy a race car. Um, and I, we met a female race car driver named Brooke Storer, and she was selling two go-karts. And she's saying that even kids could race them. And like I was standing my, next to my dad, and I was like five-year-old me. I was like, yeah, I want to do it. So we ended up just buying the go-karts. My dad and me raced together for about a year, year and a half. And, uh, then he ended up quitting and just focused on me with racing and, uh, my dad does all of my promoting and helping out with that. And my mom is just there supporting me all the way. That's pretty cool. So you came up to Alaska in August of 2022. And as you said, uh, you had hoped to race up here, but yeah, that's our big time rainy season. And often, uh, we get a lot of rain during that time. And I've been over to that track a few times. It is a cool place for sure. I've never done any car yeah. racing, but you were introduced to a very, uh, famous musher, I guess. And I did a rod circle, Nick Petit. He's pretty well known in that circle. And, and as we mentioned at the top mm. of the show, he does do quite a bit of race car racing, but you guys, Talked over dinner, and the next thing you know, you were ready to sign up for the preeminent junior sled dog event up here in Alaska, the junior Iditarod. But you had never been around snow. Obviously, you'd never been on a dog team. When you came up that first time to Alaska, when was that, and when was your first time on a dog sled? My first time on a dog sled would be the second day I was in Alaska. So I flew up in January um, and I actually lived in Alaska from it was like I think I got up there January 15th. Um, 
So I had about 42 days of training, I'm pretty sure. And I was on the dog sled every single day I was in Alaska. Uh, so it was January 16th was the first day I was on a sled and I was actually on a tag sled. I wasn't out there by myself. We wanted to do this the right way and uh, make sure I learned uh, and tried to do it as efficiently as possible with the amount of time that we had. Um, so I was on the back of the sled with um, it would be Caden Foster. Caden Foster is a handler and helper out of the kettle and then that handling uh or sorry my training was also handed off to another uh handler uh Artie so both of them together helped me train with the dogs and be able to run this race and so you jumped on the sled in mid-January and the race is typically towards the end of February right before uh the big yeah. big Iditarod race so how much time did you spend on the runners in that month to a month and a half quite a bit I would imagine I was on the runners every single day um I would say I woke up I, I would get to the kennel at about nine o'clock I'd feed the dogs I'd hook them up and then we'd be on the trail all day through the night and um I was just on there every single day that I could because I didn't have enough time <laughs> Right. And did your family come up with you or did you come up by yourself? My dad came up with me. So my dad was there. Um, my dad does his work online, so he was able to. But my mom, unfortunately, wasn't able to be up there with me while I was training uh, since she works down here in Florida. So so while you guys were up here, obviously you were doing a heck of a lot of dog mushing. But did you get to see much of Alaska and our winter up here? No, <laughs> I was, I, I mean, if, if you could say I'd seen Alaska in the winter, I'd say I'd seen a bunch of swamp trees and snow okay. and dog butts, but you know. <laughs> yeah. You, you came up here with a purpose to do a dog race and, and that's what you did. Yeah. So you entered the race in February. Tell us a little bit about the race. How did you do? Uh, where did you finish? What was your experience like? So my experience was definitely, um, I'd say, a lot in itself. Uh, I actually went out there. Your max amount of dogs you can have is 10. I went out there with nine. Um, I had to put, I actually used some of Lance Mackey's dogs uh, because Nick was given some of Lance's dogs after he passed, unfortunately. And I had to put some of Nick's B-team dogs together and Lance dogs, and I could only get nine to work together properly. So that was like the perfect team for me. And uh, we went out there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we ran our race, and uh, I ended up taking a two-hour break to snack the dogs and let them rest a little bit because I knew me and Nick determined that would be best for the dogs. Um, and when I went for my uh, checkpoint or my uh, layover, sorry, um, I ended up waking up in the morning, and I felt perfectly fine. Uh, but the one thing was I did not drink enough water. Uh, so when I went back out onto the trail in the morning, I went about two, maybe three miles down the Yetna River, and uh, I ended up passing out for a little bit, and I woke up, and I realized that I was not where I was, like, seconds ago, it felt like. So I turned the dog team back around, which is super hard. There were no other trails, but uh, my leaders, Bansaw and Shuby, listened to me perfectly, and we ended up getting back to the Yetna station and uh, I got the help that I needed. So I unfortunately didn't finish the race, but I learned my lesson. In Alaska, when it's cold, you got to drink a lot of water. 
You know, Lacey, that is dog mushing uh, for sure. I've I've been there and done that. I've had to scratch. I don't know how many times. And you know that that's sort of how it goes. Sometimes you you can't you can't finish and or win every race for sure. And I remember that yeah. story uh, when we covered it here on the podcast. We were talking about uh, what what had happened out there and that sort of thing. But it's good to obviously hear it from from the person themselves. So you had to scratch there at Yetna, but what was your overall experience? Did you have a good time otherwise? Yeah, I had an amazing time. And I, I feel, I even feel bad for the dogs too, because they were so happy in the morning and they wanted to go run. And um, I mean, the dog team was doing great. We were taking it at our own pace. We weren't worried about anybody else. We just wanted to be able to finish the race. And unfortunately we weren't able to because of me and my own mistake, we're not drinking enough water. So. so a lot of people don't quite understand what happens when somebody has to scratch or drop out of a race, especially in a somewhat remote checkpoint like Yetna Station. How did you have to get back? Did they take you back on a snow machine? Did they fly you out? How did the dogs get back? And that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I feel really bad. I don't remember his name. Um, but I think it was the race marshal. He drove my team back. I had my one dog gold though. He's like the biggest dog on the team. He was like twice the size of any other dog. And I ended up flying him back on the prop plane with me off the Yetna river because he was like really bag for the, uh, sorry, really big for my bag. So if anything happened, I didn't want the whole team pulling him. So we just flew him and me back on the plane. And you got back, everything was okay. You got some fluids and stuff and you were ready to go. Yeah, I got some fluids. I honestly, I'm going to be completely honest here. I thought I was uh, diabetic. Um, I thought that was my main problem. So for about a day or two, I was still feeling off. I was just having sugar whenever I felt like I was going to pass out again. I even had problems at the Iditarod, the junior Iditarod banquet. I had to leave early. Um, but I ended up taking a test and I'm not diabetic. So it was just dehydration and I got enough fluids in me after a couple of days to feel fine. So speaking of uh, diabetes, I know that you do do some work for diabetes awareness. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So Drive for Diabetes Awareness is a foundation that me and my family founded after my little brother Rocco passed away. Uh, our main mission is to spread the symptoms and awareness of diabetes so that no other family has to go through what mine did when it comes to my little brother uh, to just save lives, help out families with uh, just information and uh, with support as well. Because in the diabetic community, there's not a lot of support. And I know when you guys sent over your information, you sent over a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to put on our show notes for folks that can watch and learn about this. There's even some videos and that sort of stuff. So if you're listening to this, uh, you can see all of that uh, on that show note page. And I'm sure that Lacey would would uh, love to hear some of your comments. If you have questions, we're going to talk about how to reach out to her on socials and all of that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the the time up here in Alaska, whether it be in the race or mm-hmm. in training. What is your favorite story as a dog musher? Uh, you were here for quite a while, so you really got a good flavor of the lifestyle. What's your favorite one? Hmm, I have to think of... <laughs> I'd say this one's pretty funny uh, because it involves me and Nick training together. 
So there was this, we were on the Iditarod Trail, which is about five to maybe five to 10 miles from our kennel. Yeah, I think it's about 10. And it's this really steep hill and we just had some new snow. And I went out there with eight dogs on my sled and Nick was just a little bit more behind me and he had 14. So I was trying to get up this like big, really steep hill and I couldn't. I couldn't get the dogs up with anything. I tried to get in the snow out from underneath the runners. Uh, going up to the leaders and trying to get them to run up the hill and we just couldn't pull the sled up the hill and I see Nick behind me and Nick was waiting for like five like maybe 10 minutes just watching me struggle trying to get the whole entire dog team up the hill so then he ended up having to come up and help me and we ended up training and going to the um, I did a rod sign um, and turning around Uh, but that's one really funny story I have of me getting stuck on the hill (laughs) You know, Lacey, I have, I have been on that. Sorry. I've been on that hill before. I know exactly where yep. you're talking about. And I remember running a race or two over on those trails. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look as steep as it is, but uh, if you yep. if your dogs are tired or if they don't want to go, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be quite the chore to get up there for sure. So let's, let's uh, fast forward a little bit to the future. So we don't run out of time here. What is the future for you? Are you still planning on doing some car racing? What's happening after school? That sort of stuff. Yeah, so definitely. Um, I'll be finishing up school, uh, hopefully in the next three or four months since I do online school. And uh, then I will be racing uh, a full season in the Legend car and hopefully the Micro Sprint. I'll be doing a couple races in those on dirt. Uh, And then when it comes to mushing, I don't have anything planned for this upcoming season uh, since my main focus and I have really big races going on in the month of February. I won't be able to do anything, uh, but in the years to come, if I can run in like the Willow 100 or any like other races like that and find a dog team to do that with, that would be awesome. So you definitely have thoughts of coming back to Alaska to run dog teams again. Yeah, definitely. I love dogs. I have a passion for dogs. And I understand the work that all the mushers have to put in day in and day out when it comes to mushing. Um, It's a full-time job, really. And uh, I know that some people say uh, I've heard some bad things about what I did when it comes to just jumping into the mushing community. Uh, But I understand where everybody's coming from when it comes to the work that everybody puts in day in and day out with these dogs. They're amazing. Well, if you came up here for a month and a half and did a lot of training with with one of the best dog mushers in Alaska, I think you got some pretty good training under your belt and and that's saying something to to have that opportunity to do so one final question in regard to your car racing so you had mentioned that you and your dad raced together you you bought a a a race car do you get out there and fix it yourself or do you have somebody that helps you with that or what so we used to do it ourselves, but i ended up getting picked up by a racing team or Earlier on, earlier on last year, after I ran the junior Iditarod, and uh, they ended up buying my race car from me and then telling me that they wanted me to race the car for them. So now they do all the work on the car, um, and I'm just driving it, which is a lot less work, which I'm very thankful for. My t- team with Turn Speed Racing is just awesome. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So when people are thinking about yeah. that, they think about NASCAR and some of the big uh, racing teams with that. That's that's a pretty impressive feat to have have uh, that type of sponsorship. 
do you have, uh, I don't know a lot about car racing, but do you have commitments that you have to do? Like you have to do so many races and that sort of thing. So basically there's a schedule that different tracks put out throughout the year. And my team is going to have me run for a championship for either those tracks or that series. Uh, so we have the Florida Dirt Legend Car Series, which I know will be running throughout the year. And we'll be running a full season at Marion County Speedway in Ocala, Florida. Um, and maybe even a couple more races that my team decides to put on the schedule for us. Well, that leads me into another question. I said that was my final question, but you know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people watch car racing to, to see people wreck, you know, that's, that's why yeah. they have hundreds of thousands of fans. Have you ever had, uh, a pretty scary wreck where that, uh, that you could talk about? I've had, I'd say, yeah, in 2022, um, I had a really bad wreck where I lost my brakes in Atlanta Motor Speedway in Georgia. Um, and it was on a restart. I'm sure a lot of people in the racing community have seen this wreck before. Uh, I hit the brakes. I had no brakes. So then I tried spinning myself out. And when I hit the grass on the infield of the track, it ended up hydroplaning me into the field and into the leaders. Wow. <laughs> and I ended up hitting them, flying in the air, and then hitting the wall. <laughs> Wow, so you 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 did a pretty impressive wreck then. Yeah, that's and the funny thing is that's the only wreck that I've really had when it comes to legend car racing that's been bad or like anything more than just like a bent rear end. So what is more exciting? Uh dog racing in the middle of the night in Alaska in the middle of nowhere or car racing at a huge track like Atlanta Motor Speedway? I'd say car racing has a lot more adrenaline into it, but then also with the mushing side, you never know what could happen out on the trail, and that causes even more adrenaline, especially if a moose is there. Right. So, I mean, for the moment, for the whole entire time, I'd say car racing, um, and for dog mushing, it all just depends. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I talk about this a lot on our show, and I often compare and contrast mushing with, with car racing because you do have a crew, you have handlers and you have people helping you out. Yep. You have sponsors, uh, you have a driver, you have all yep. these parts that are working in it, it, hearing from a professional race car driver. Is it pretty close to being the same? I mean, you could compare them. Yeah. You can say that the dogs are kind of like your motor, your running boards are kind of like your tires. I don't know. And you have the driver, you have the handlers, which are kind of like the pit crew. So yeah, I'd say it's similar in that way, but it's completely different when it comes to the aspect that you're working with animals instead of a car that you can just fix right away. Like with a dog, you can't really do that. It's a little bit more sentimental and you have to really care for it. All right. So Lacey, where are you most active on social media? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? TikTok? Where? Um, I'm more uh, active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it'll be under Driver Lacey Cool. And then it will also be under the Facebook page, Drive for Diabetes Awareness. And we're going to put all those links on Lacey's show notes. Definitely check that out. Watch some of the videos. Read some of the articles. A lot of good stuff there. My guest, Lacey Cool, here on the Mushing Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today, and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Thank you. Do you eat enough fruits and vegetables? Green Infusion by Wilderness Athlete can help. So what is Green Infusion? 
It's a blend of super greens, super fruits, vegetable extracts, herbs, and probiotics, and delivers a broad spectrum of nutrients that provides a gentle alkalinizing and cleansing effect to the body while reinforcing proper digestive function and restoring healthful intestinal microflora. Just one scoop a day of green infusion is six servings of fruits and vegetables. Learn more at wildernessathlete.com and use DogWorks for 10% off your order today. That is wildernessathlete.com and use DogWorks at checkout.